welcome to a new episode of Time to Shine. This is your host, Oscar Santolaya. Time to Shine presents you interviews with successful public speakers who share their experience and secrets with you in a weekly podcast. Hello, everybody. Have you ever spoken to an audience to get some participation and nothing happened? Our today's special guest will share her secrets about audience participation. Our guest today is Mette Hugen from Denmark. She's a trumpet player and rhetoric expert. Let's welcome Mette Hugen. Mette, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. It's great having you here, Mette. Thanks so much. I enjoy it. <laughs> Please, could you tell us more about yourself? Sure, I'm educated in rhetoric. I have a master's degree from the University of Copenhagen. And then I'm a passionate trumpet player and I've been there for many years, actually, since I was eight years old. Awesome. And when did your career as public speaker start? Um, not, not that many years ago, actually. I think it was back in 2008. Um, I studied rhetoric uh, and I worked at the same time. So my public speaker career started with a lot of teaching actually, and a lot of speaker coaching. Uh, and I teach at the university as well, introduction to rhetoric, which is a um, broad topic containing both uh, theoretical elements and practical exercises in the art of public speaking. Mm -hmm. Because Every great speech starts with a good opening. Could you rewind back to the past and share with us an opener that you remember especially? So I, I guess you refer to something I did myself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there, there is an opening that, that has meant a lot to me because I, I worked a lot on it and it's something I really do care about. It's a combination of music and rhetoric and what leaders from both worlds or spheres can learn from each other. So I would like to read out or perform an opening I did in New York in May 2014. It's the opening of my keynote speech about emotions and audience interaction. There is a powerful moment just before a classical concert is about to begin. That is when the orchestra is testing and warming up the instruments, turning the pages of the sheet music. All is an undisciplined cacophony of voices, sounds, chords and rhythms. The conductor appears and faces his audience, the musicians. Suddenly, he does a small gesture. It's not pomp. It's not sophisticated. It's just a small gesture. Chaos becomes order, noise becomes music, leadership becomes power. Leadership and power is exactly what my talk today will focus on. The leader's most important tool when facing an audience, that could be employees, clients, press, are the power of emotions and how to demand emotional response. An emotional response is what the conductor gets real time when the musicians playing. That is true power. 
so that was the beginning of my uh, my keynote speech and it, it means a lot to me because when i prepare for for yeah when i prepare speeches i spend around 70 percent of my preparation time on the opening because the opening is where audiences decide if they want to stay awake or mm -hmm. go to sleep <laughs> absolutely correct Mette, could you tell us one stage fright moment? <laughs> yeah, of course. I um, I have had moments of stage fright. Uh, I, I think it happens to almost every public speaker <laughs> once in a while. And um, sometimes for me, I forget a name or I feel a little paralyzed. Um, and, and I think one of the earliest experiences of stage fright was when I was 12 years old. Um, I was supposed to do an introduction of a piece I was going to play at a concert um, and I didn't know what to say. Um, at that time I was not aware of the art of public speaking mm -hmm. but it certainly increased my um, focus on how important it is to You actually think about what you will say before you open your mouth. So that kind of inspired me to to dig into the the public speaking sphere. Mm -hmm. And coming now to the main topic, could you tell us why audience participation is important? In in my opinion, there are three reasons why audience participation is really important. Um, number one is that. It is our audiences who evaluate whether our public speaking and the effects of it is a success or failure. So to get responses from audiences and to, to keep in touch with them verbally or non-verbally is very important because they determine whether our public speaking is a failure or success. Second, I think audience participation is really important because it is our audiences who give us credibility as speakers. Mm -hmm. So even though we have interesting topics and we're interesting persons, um, it's not enough. We have to care about who uh, is giving us the credibility to get the next speech or get the next job. Um, and last but not least, related to the the two other things but even though we're in the middle of the situation um, I think it's very important to think about being present without being in the center this is something I I think a lot about and something I discovered when I did my research um, on how professional conductors appear and communicate as leaders because a conductor is in the center but he will not get the best out of his resources, the musicians and their abilities, if he does not understand and accept that he is in the center, but he should not, he is placed in the center, but he should not be in the middle all the time. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us some of the best techniques for audience participation? Sure. Um, well, I have a I have a wide range of, of techniques, um, and some of them are quite classic. Actually, um, the the important message from me would be to to try them out and really 
see them as a serious challenge because when you read about them, it might seem easy, but mm -hmm. in reality, it's not, and you have to practice. But here's number one I think uh, puzzle solution structure. So designing your speech so that it is a secret. People love to listen to secrets. So the more puzzle-like speech you can design, the more likely it is that your audience will listen with interest and they will have their little guesses of what you are talking about. So number one trick would be a puzzle solution structure. Mm -hmm. Another classic is to ask questions. Um, you can ask questions, you can demand responses, but rhetorical questions or questions that you pose to yourself do also work perfectly fine. Um, if you ask questions and you expect the audience to answer, it's very important that you make clear, so you tell the audience, uh, let me see some hands, how many of you have mm -hmm. experienced this and this and this? So you guide the audience so they know what to do. Because one thing is for sure, at least in, in, in Western culture, People don't stand up and shout if you ask them something. You have to guide them what kind of reaction do you want. So if you ask questions and expect a response, it's very important to tell the audience how to, to handle it. And I think my, my trick number three, three would be to bring in reflections from the corridor, from the previous speaker, um, build in thoughts on how other audiences have reacted. Um, just bring in, just, it, it's, it's really a trick to make the speech live, which audience participation is about. Audience participation is a lot about uh, giving life to the speech and give audiences an experience of this is the first time you're doing this and and not give them something that you have done one million times before. So it's audience participation is a lot about being flexible and be, be there for the audience, not for yourself. Um, and actually, I, I, I thought about this uh, yesterday because I went to see a show, Chris, Crazy Christmas Cabaret um, in Tivoli, where I live in Copenhagen. Uh, Crazy Christmas Cabaret is, of course, has nothing to do with the classic um, way of looking at public speaking. But actually, the art has a lot to tell us about audience participation. And Crazy Christmas Cabaret is built on a strong relationship between the artists and the audience. So, for example, um, the, the artist had us stand up uh, just for fun. Um, but there was a point to that because it was we were maybe three-fourths into the show, so a point where where the artist could um, expect the audience to to be a little lazy, so it was good to get the energy in the butt, uh, body again. Um, we had a line, so actually we, we had a role. As audience, we had a role, and they took one person from the audience <laughs> and made him the virgin of the crazy Christmas cabaret. So he, he had a role and you know, the identification 
uh, is very strong means to persuasion when it comes to public speaking. So picking out one person, pointing out a person in an audience is a very strong tool. And, and of course, it's about doing it in a way that is um, to the limit, but not crossing the limit. So, mm -hmm. it, so that person stays comfortable with that role. If, if we should transfer that to, to, to the business environment and the, the classic speech writing, um, it would, I would recommend uh, you to find someone in the audience that you know or mm -hmm. that you know would think it would be fun to participate or sure. maybe even someone you can you know, borrow some credibility from because the identification factor is really strong. So identifying with the audience is crucial to have them to participate. Yeah, thank you very much for these uh, the techniques you are sharing with us. Actually, the, the second point is, is is very important to make sure that when you make a question, you really expect a, an answer. Because, for instance, I think in rhetorical questions, you normally don't expect an answer. Mm. <laughs> True. But the next question is, should the speaker plan the audience participation step by step, word by word? What do you think? The way I do it is I have a repertoire of ways I like to engage the audience and the ways I like to speak with them, not to them, but with them. So it's don't don't make the burger too big. <laughs> Start out with maybe two, maximum three things you want to try out and stick to them and practice them. So don't plan everything. I, I, I used to... Um, to think of audience participation like I'm told that the nomads in the Sahara Desert think about uh, having a plan. So my plan is that the plan will change. Mm -hmm. So be ready with several choices and pick the best one, right? Depending on the on the moment. Yeah, you have to be to to fully get get the benefits from audience participation. You you have to be um, aware what mood your audience is in, um, what time of the day, are they tired or are they looking mm -hmm. for fun, what kind of topic is it. So you, you must be very good at analyzing all these components of the speaking situation within two seconds, basically. Sure. And now the next question is related to your technique number four, when you mentioned that in this show, the, the performers uh, directly said, okay, you you come here <laughs> to participate with me. How to avoid that the audience feel scared? <laughs> uh, that, that's a good question. I, I, here is a line, you know, here, here is a, a line between um, fun and fright. So when you pick someone, you have to make sure it's a person who has some charisma and who really is participating in the situation. And you have to make it short, so not have someone stand up there for 10 minutes. So you can avoid the fright by saying, okay, I would love one of you to volunteer for this mm -hmm. little exercise or this question. It will maximum take 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. So so tell them what they are saying yes to before anyone is saying yes. And what the purpose is, of course, it's very important because what happened, what we can allow to happen in within the arts 
the, a show like I, I saw yesterday is that the person who is volunteering does not know what will happen. We can allow that because that's within this genre. But in, in public speaking and in business rhetorics, we, we, we cannot allow that, that much amount of uncertainty. Hmm. So we have to, to explain the purpose and the duration. Yeah, that's excellent point. Meta, please share with us your favorite quotation. <laughs> well, the, the history of rhetoric is, um, is filled with great quotes, isn't mm -hmm. it? Um, but the, the one I'm thinking of and the one I, I try to to live out is one from Tom Rushard, who used to write speeches for Bill Clinton. He once said at a conference, don't tell people everything you want them to know. Tell them the one thing you want them to remember. It's important because as public speakers and, and the people we sometimes help with their speeches, we would like to say everything because everything is important. Mm -hmm. But we forget that people, they don't always need everything to make up their minds about us or make a decision. Yes, people must remember at least very well one of the points you were yeah. talking about, at least one very well. <laughs> yeah, That's correct. And now, could you recommend us one book that has inspired you and you think our listeners should read it? Well, if, if your listeners haven't read it already, I would recommend Max Atkinson's Lend Me Your Ears. It's, um, it's a clever book. And the title, Lend Me Your Ears, is good for us when we plan speeches because, once again, we should think about our audiences and we should think about what they are looking for, what kinds of goals they have, and we should try to fulfill them. So before we think about ourselves, we should think about our audiences. That book is here in my desk. It's already a couple of weeks, but I haven't started uh, reading, so okay. <laughs> well, I, I will. <laughs> yeah, it's a good book. Excellent. It is almost the end of the interview, Matt. Yep. Finally, could you share with us a routine to shine an exercise, something practical that you recommend to do it uh, daily, weekly, very often as a routine to shine? Absolutely. A key to shine in a speaking situation depends on the opening. That will be, of mm. course, the words, but before the words, there are there is sorry there is your entrance and when you enter a room you're working with your nonverbal communication mm -hmm. and i discovered working with a lot of professional conductors from around the world that they are all very good at establishing their leadership character from the moment they enter the room mm -hmm. so i developed an exercise and I call it the panopticon exercise. Panopticon means in ancient, in Greek to, to view, to look all over. So you have to imagine yourself when you enter the room that your audience are sitting in a 180 degree half circle like an orchestra and that you are going to that little office in the middle of that half circle. So picture yourself walk in, enter your office, 
stand still, look down, get your paperwork in order or your computer, look up, think about Pinocchio, so you stretch your back a little bit to reach your fullest height, and then take your right arm from the left, follow the half circle to the right, and make sure to look all the way around on your audience. And while you're doing that half circle movement with your arm, you simply say, good morning. That is the exercise. And it's important because in just one word, it is impossible to convey what kind of emotions this speech is about, what kind of person you are, and what kind of experience and engagement you'd like the audience to have. Oh, yes, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Really <laughs> I believe. Thank you very much for the interview. It has been a lot of interesting information about the audience participation from several points of view. I like the connection that you make in the metaphors with music. This uh, routine to shine, like starting an, uh, an, a performance as a conductor, I like very much. Thanks so much. <laughs> thanks a lot. And before, could you tell us how our listeners could learn more about you or follow you? You know, you're very welcome to uh, to put my contact details out there. I'm building I'm building a website right now, so it's uh, it, it's not done, so I cannot put that out yet. Um, but you're you're welcome to put out my contact details. Sure, I will. I will put in the show notes of this episode everything that Met has been recommending and and her details, so anybody can contact yeah. her or follow her. Thank you very much. And well, this is the end of the interview. It's been great. And have a nice day. Dear listeners of Time to Shine, this is the end of today's episode. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or for more information, visit our website, www.timetoshinepodcast.com. Welcome to listen to us again next week.